Barb Higgins here, welcoming you to A Thousand Tiny Steps. In this podcast, I share my stories of love, loss, triumphs, and tragedy as I continue to trace my steps backward and ponder what led to the death of my daughter, Molly. If you're ready to laugh, cry, shake your head in disbelief, or simply listen, and tie, buckle, slip on, or lace up your shoes, and join me as we begin our A Thousand Tiny Steps. Hey, everybody. Barb Higgins here, per usual, welcoming you to season eight of A Thousand Tiny Steps. And this is episode 91. So the first seven seasons of my podcast have been one after the other, sequential. Sometimes podcasters take a break between seasons. And mine have been very, very subject-oriented. Each season is about a specific time period in my life or a specific event or a specific occurrence. And I talk around those events. But I've sort of completed the journey, the thousand tiny steps to the beginning of the end of Molly. And so I'm looking now to, you know, sort of where do I go from here? So I've thought a lot about it. I've recorded some episodes ahead. So I've had a couple of weeks to think about where I want to go next. And this episode is airing Memorial Day. So it makes sense for me to talk a little bit about people that we often memorialize and heroes. But I'm going to start with the military because that's what Memorial Day is all about. And it ties in very, very specifically to my CrossFit journey and how CrossFit saved me in a time that I lost the sport that was my identity. I was a runner. You know, I lost it. I lost being able to coach. I lost credibility and respect among other runners. That's still very, very painful for me. Quite honestly, all these years later, that was who I was. And I thought I would retire having coached 30, 35, 40 years of runners. And, you know, I can't even... I can't even go there. It's difficult for me. In my rougher times, I get angry about it. So this is May. We're ending the month of May. And this has been a very difficult May for me, one of my hardest. I'm not quite as distracted with a newborn as I was the last couple of years. And prior to that, I was still really actively not okay, still in therapy, still using a lot of alcohol and other things. So May has been very different year to year, but this was May number eight. It's weird that way. When you have a big event in your life, you have your life before the event in your life after. So this is May number eight without Molly, actually, and we begin year number eight without her. And I've had a hard time, a very hard time this year. I get very tired of sort of feeling like I'm the only one that remembers her. So I did not do Molly B. Monday this year. When we get into the Heroes Among Us theme of this particular episode, I didn't do the Molly Wad at my CrossFit gym either. I just just feel like I work so hard to do these things. And I have a handful of people that are diligent and vigilant in remembering her. But... My own family doesn't remember. And that's been a hard reality for me this year. This was a very, very big turning point in my life in regards to losing Molly. May 7th, the day that we unplugged her, came and went. May 11th came and went. That was the day we buried her. And I heard nothing from anyone in my family, my immediate family. I heard from a handful of relatives. I've heard from lots and lots of friends and people in my life, but nothing from my mom or dad, my sister, my two brothers. My half-siblings I've heard from, and then I've heard from the people that are sort of always there. It's been really, really hard. It's been incredibly hard, and I'm not quite sure what to do with it. I've had a lot of anger in my life lately, and that anger maintains. I'm recording this mid-May. It's like May 15th, so a couple of weeks ahead of when you're hearing it. But I don't see or project or predict that there will be a very big change. If there has been, you'll listen to this and you will have got an email from me or read a blog that maybe updates things differently. But I do know that for me, I've just needed to take a step back. I can't walk around angry at my family, so I just need to not think about it. 
I need to be busy with positive things and focus on what's important. So before I get deep into the Heroes Among Us piece, I have two books that I just ordered. It's relevant to me becoming an author. These are two people that I know. The first book is written by a guy named Rain Wilson. and It's called Soul Bloom. And a lot of you would know him if you're watching. I'm showing a picture. He played Dwight Schrute on The Office. And he belongs to my religion of Baha'i faith. And he basically talked about why we need a spiritual revolution. And spirituality should not be confused with religion. Those are two very different things. And his sort of, I've just begun the book. And so his major theme, as he's you know promoted the book and been on talk shows and TV and such, is that by getting rid of religion, we've also gotten rid of spirituality. And that's sort of a shame because spirituality can have nothing to do with religion. I know a lot of very spiritual atheists. So the point of the book is that we need a spiritual revolution as humanity. So that's one book that I'm excited to read. And I'm hoping it will make me feel better and put me in a better frame of mind. And the other one is, if any of you know me, you know I'm a hardcore Bruce Springsteen fan. This is called Deliver Me From Nowhere. And it's written by a boy, boy, a man, he's a few years younger than me, named Warren Zanes. And I grew up with Warren. His mom, Hope, lived in Concord still, and she runs the Friendly Kitchen, which is the food kitchen. So he wrote a book about Bruce Springsteen's release of the album, Nebraska, making the album and releasing it. And it was a pretty significant album because it came after Bruce Springsteen became this famous rock and roll star. He was on the cover of Time and Newsweek. He had released Born to Run. The next album was supposed to be the big giant album that would make him world famous. And instead he recorded this really sad acoustic album called Nebraska. And it really, really goes into his young life and the struggles that he had. Bruce has written another biography, Born to Run. And in it, he talks extensively and honestly about his battles with mental illness. Anyone that's not heard in their issue or in their genre or who they are or what they're struggling, anyone that feels unheard is sensitive to me, partly because I'm that way myself and partly because Molly, Molly was really drawn to the people that she thought didn't have a voice. And so in writing his autobiography and talking about what it's like to have emotional and mental breakdowns and want to kill yourself, he's Bruce Springsteen. I don't think anyone could imagine that he would be unhappy, except that he's a human being with a tender little heart. And so I have not yet read this book, but Warren came to Concord and did a book signing at Gibson. So we had this wonderful conversation. And what I liked about the conversation was that he wrote the book sort of as a labor of love. It was his favorite album. It was his senior year of high school that it came out. And he was barely making it through school and didn't have a plan and had not yet joined a band that his brother would start called the Del Fuegos, which was a Boston-based band in the 80s. It was sort of a labor of love for him. But he pitched it to his editors, to his publishing companies and all this, and to Bruce. And it was written and he got to spend a lot of time with the boss man himself. So our conversations were around the fact that I just wrote a book. Well, Virginia wrote the book. We edited it together. And then in the process of telling your story and sharing it, it stops being yours. When you put it in a book and put that book on a shelf, it becomes the story of the person who reads it. And what a tremendous sort of act of letting go that is. And you begin that process in the editing process. Virginia and I both had sections of my book, our book, Motherland, that we didn't want to see go because they were beautiful and, and important and part of her story, but they can't be included because of the legal issues. But it was very difficult to let some of those things go. But by letting them go, what you realize is that the story that you end up sharing and creating is just as much the story as the one you wrote. And ultimately, the person that picks it up off a bookshelf because they like the cover, and then they see what it's about, and then they read it, 
will take from it what resonates with them and it becomes their story. And it was just an interesting conversation to have with somebody that's written, you know, that's a published author. He wrote a, a biography of Tom Petty as well. That all just happened in my reality. So it's very much in my head. And it relates to where I think this season will go. Because what I would like to talk about now, because now here I am, entering year eight without Molly, where over halfway through her life length with her gone, which means she really is getting smaller and smaller. Even saying those words puts a terrible knot in my stomach. You know, I have Jack and I lie awake at night thinking, I hope I'm not elderly and infirm when he's really young. I hope I'm youthful like my sister Martha. I have so much in my head. But in the process of sitting here in this little yellow room, recording this podcast episode in this month of May in 2023, unbelievable support and heroes in my life. And what better way to talk about people we should think about and memorialize than starting with Memorial Day weekend. So Memorial Day, of course, memorializes those who have passed away. Veterans Day honors any veteran. Memorial Day is for those who lost their life in service. Although I think anyone that's fought for their country should be memorialized after they've died. You know, they were, they were a veteran regardless. When I first joined CrossFit, the thing I liked most about it and why CrossFit itself is sort of a hero entity in my life is that it creates community. CrossFit is a very community-driven reality. It's not a gym that you buy a membership to and throw your headphones on and go work out by yourself whenever you feel like it. There are structured classes with a coach. They're led. You work together. You support your teammates. And I remember when I joined CrossFit in the fall of 2011, I was still utterly devastated with my first year not teaching. And I was a mess. I was just a mess. I had just been elected school board, but I was just not okay. And CrossFit saved me. It really did save me at a time that I was perilously close to truly falling apart. And I look back now on some of the decisions I thought I'd make, you know, thought about, you know, leaving Kenny and taking Gracie and Molly and relocating with Roy and all the things that went through my mind at that time. And as horrifying as my life has been in many ways, I'm very, very, very relieved and glad that I'm here. This is where I am. So CrossFit, I joined the CrossFit gym and I get in shape and I meet people and I start weightlifting and doing all these things I never knew my body could even do. There's a hero workout. Hero workouts are a big piece of the fabric of CrossFit. And I wrote an article in 2012 about Molly. Molly did a hero workout with me on, on Veterans Day. And hero workouts are a big piece of the fabric of CrossFit. Hero workouts are after military, police, or fire. And typically they're after someone that lost their life tragically or suddenly in the light of duty. And Oftentimes, CrossFit gyms oftentimes have a very strong military connection and presence. A lot more normal citizens go to CrossFit gyms now, but that connection is consistent and strong. When you're doing a really hard workout, it's a hero workout. It's an element of thinking about the person it's named for and what their story is that makes the workout more manageable. And I truly think that's true with anything we do. This past weekend, I spent like eight hours on Sunday just sorting through clothing, donated clothing, shoes, spent the whole day just going through bag after bag after bag. And it was a very sort of tedious task, but I was doing it for Molly. The money I get from these donations will go to the Molly B Foundation. So it made it a bit more doable for me because it had a meaning behind it. I wasn't just sorting clothes for no reason. You know, I had Molly behind it. And so hero workouts are the same. And so my first ever hero workout is a workout called Murph. And it's funny, I wrote an article, which I'm going to read because it's short. And I called it the Murph. <laughs> which made me laugh. And it's named after Michael Murphy. And he was, he was in Afghanistan shortly after 9-11. He died a long time ago. They were in the mountains of Afghanistan. 
and in a very dangerous place. And he ended up saving his whole crew, his whole battalion. I'm not sure what the right word is, but in doing so to get cell service, to get them saved, he had to utterly sacrifice himself, put himself right in view of the airstrike that was going on above them. And he was, and he was killed, but he saved his entire crew. And, you know, these were young people, people that go fight, people that enlist. Our wars are fought by teenagers sometimes, 19, 18, 19, 20 years old. So Murph is a long workout and it's called body armor. That was the name of the workout. That's what he named. And it was renamed Murph when he died. So you run a mile, which I don't mind. And then you do 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and then you run another mile. So there are a million ways to scale this and train for it and prepare for it. The truly prescribed version, you wear a rucket, you wear a vest, a weighted vest. So you run with the vest, you pull up with the vest, you push up with the vest, you squat with the vest. I've done it RX, meaning pull-ups, not ring rows and standard push-ups and everything. In my best ever Murph time RX, is 37.06. And my best ever Murph time scales doing ring rows instead of pull-ups is like 29.46. Back when I could run fast. <laughs> Lately, it takes me almost an hour. But but when I do it, two things. I enjoy the feeling of working hard. I enjoy when my body hurts. But I also think about Murph. I think about Michael Murphy. I think about his mom. I think about his siblings. I think about his family. I think about what was going through his head when all this was happening. And was he scared? Like, like, I don't spend that entire hour thinking about how much I hurt. I think about how lucky I am to have this opportunity to do a workout in honor of someone else. I wrote an article about it because it overwhelmed me. It was significant for me. And so that's it. It's a quick read. What will you be doing this Memorial Day? Some of you will attend services and parades. Others of you will place flags at grave sites. But many of you will simply cook out, swim, drink, and enjoy the three-day weekend the unofficial beginning of the summer season without consciously considering the meaning behind the holiday. And that is fine because those from whom the day is dedicated fought and died for our very freedom to ignore. So we can live in a world where we are not obligated to honor them. It may seem illogical, but soldiers fight and die for our freedom, even if that freedom makes them invisible. Monday, May 28, 2012, CrossFit athletes, veterans, currently deployed military personnel, and many others will participate in a fairly new Memorial Day tradition called Memorial Day Murph. Named in honor of Lieutenant Michael P. Murphy, a Navy SEAL, killed in Afghanistan in 2005, Murph is a workout that he used to call body armor because he would complete it wearing his military armor. The workout consists of a one-mile run followed by 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, and then another one-mile run. It was one of his favorites. When he was killed, the workout was renamed Murph in his honor. The formal participation in this workout anytime over the Memorial Day weekend honors Murph and his contributions to the Navy. He has a story and a foundation which is linked to this article. I belong to White Mountain CrossFit here in Concord. And when the information was written on the whiteboard at the gym, I went quickly to the website and signed up. White Mountain CrossFit will be doing Murph together as a gym on Saturday at 9 a.m. A few of us who couldn't make it that time did it Thursday morning. You don't have to officially sign up to participate, but Memorial Day Murph is a nonprofit foundation. It contributes every penny raised to charities and foundations that support veterans, military families, and other charities associated with the military. There are no paid employees in this foundation. As Thursday approached, I began to get nervous. I don't typically get nervous before CrossFit workouts. This was different. First, because I had a bigger meeting than my fitness level. So I felt a responsibility to give up my best effort. And second, is it is a little bit harder than any workout I have done at CrossFit yet. So I knew it would hurt and that it would take me a long time. My good friend, Robin Grant, and a newfound CrossFit friend, Allison Timmons, Ordway, showed up at 7.30 and began the workout. 
Chandler Pellock and I would start at eight. They were worried that the workout would take them more than an hour and wanted to be sure to finish in time for work. They did this with minutes to spare. As I pulled into the parking lot, they were just starting out. I got a lump in my throat. I know that our participation in this workout won't bring Murph and others like him back to their families, but I whispered his name anyway as they disappeared around the building. They were back into the gym and starting their rounds of chin-ups, push-ups, and air squats when Chandler and I took off. Of the four of us, only Chandler did the workout in its purest form. Robin, Allison, and I did ring rows in place of pull-ups, as we are newer crossfitters and are still working on that skill. The entire first mile, all I could think about over the roaring in my ears was the rest of the workout. I pushed self-pity away by thinking of the people among us who would endure far more physical and mental hardship than I would in this workout. Chandler's back, 50 yards ahead of me, kept me focused. Upon entering the gym and starting the 20 rounds of five ring rows, 10 push-ups, and 15 air squats, I got into the zone. I love this place. It happened to me in races and in really hard workouts. A feeling of being next to myself. Nothing really hurts anymore and my mind becomes free. As Chandler and I made our way through the effort, we were encouraged by others in the gym and by one another. Robin and Allison finished, yay, and went outside so they could cheer us on as we completed mile number two. This mile was much more painful than the first, but the relief of being able to stop at the end kept me going. That, my thoughts of Murph, his family and his friends floating through my mind as I sprinted to the finish. So there we were, the four of us, behind the gym on a Thursday morning in Concord, sweaty, tired, sore. One physically fit young man and three mothers of varying ages and fitness levels brought together by one crazy CrossFit gym and one hero, Lieutenant Michael P. Murphy. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. And then in this article is a link to the website, to the foundation site, memorialdaymurph.com. So that's the article I wrote. And I share it here because it articulates everything that I had felt after every trauma that I've gone through. I've always been able to find a group of people or a community where we can put our, our troubles aside for a moment to help someone else in their troubles. And that's what, that's what these hero workouts are like for me. It's just become a metaphor for me, a theme of my life when I look at how dark and low I've been and how, how utterly helpless I feel. And actually today, on May 15th, as I record this, I'm feeling pretty helpless and pretty dark. But I know as I utter those words that I have several people I can reach out to and I'm surrounded by this kind of support and love. What also stands out in this memory for me is how different we all were and that we all got together to do this thing at the same time. Other workouts that have been meaningful for me is when I took Molly to do a hero workout. And I already did a whole podcast episode on that and I reposted a blog on Veterans Day, but that wasn't lost on Molly either. Molly was always, always big on the meaning of things. She pondered everything. It's what we thought about sometimes when she thought I didn't understand her meanings or when, or when she thought I was wrong or, or felt I was blowing her off or ignoring her. Sometimes it's hard for me to think back of those memories because I just hurt and I want to fix them. But Molly did a workout after a guy named Michael McGreevy. And again, he was a military personnel that lost his life in battle. That wasn't quite so hard. It was some 800s and some GHD setups and back extensions. Not so bad. About a year and a half before Molly died, a friend of mine died, Blake Marston. He's a Navy SEAL and he was an avid crossfitter. And he was doing a parachuting drill, skydiving, had a medical event and never opened his parachute, so he fell to his death. And it was utterly tragic and terrifying. I wrote an article, again, on the same website, the Patch website, about him. And I themed the article to the poem to an athlete dying young. And the CrossFit community, not to let anyone down, created an official hero workout in his name called Marston. And that workout is one heavy deadlift, and then you do toads to bar and burpees over the bar. 
that's a, a very painful long workout. It takes about 20 minutes or it might even be a 20 minute AMRAP. I'm not sure. Those details aren't important. What's important is every time we do this workout, we think of Blake, we say his name. And that provides incredible love and support to his family. As the years have gone by, I've seen the numbers of people that participate in that dwindle. Now, although this is going to sound weird, it brings me a little bit of comfort. It's not just Molly that appears to be forgotten because I know that she isn't forgotten. That's the wrong word. That those that loved her do remember, but that it stops being in people's vernacular and in their day-to-day life. And so they don't notice things like death dates and birthdays and things like this. But I, I do that work but every year sometime in January because he died in January of 2015. And that death wasn't lost on Molly either. She saw how upset it made us and she saw the attention that he got. When his body was brought from Logan Airport to Concord, there were fire trucks and American flags at every overpass all the way up to 93. It was, it was incredible. That was orchestrated by Brad Newberry and a group of firefighters in his honor. So when Molly died... You know, Molly wasn't in the military and she didn't lose her life in that kind of a battle. But she did die tragically and in some ways heroically. Hopefully you can use her death to help others someday. That's my big witch. A young woman in the gym named Emily McCormick made up a workout and suggested that we do a Molly workout, a Molly WAD. WAD is an acronym for workout of the day. And so she made one up. And the workout she made up epitomized Molly's desire to make sure that everybody could do everything, that Everybody could have access to everything so that a weakness or a disability or money or not having a gym membership or whatever wouldn't keep you from participating in the Maldiwad. And this workout is quite, quite easy. You run a 400 and then you do three rounds of the following exercise and you do them 13 times each. So you do 13 burpees, 13 sit-ups, 13 push-ups, 13 air squats, and then you run another 400. So the layout of the workout is a lot like Murph. You run, you do some exercises, you run. Much smaller number. Whereas Murph takes even the best people close to a half an hour or more, you know, the Molly one can take you seven or eight minutes if you're a really solid athlete. So did this at my gym when it was CrossFit Ironborn. We did this workout, I would say five times, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22. So six years we did the Molly one. And some years were bigger than others. Some years we did, we didn't always do it in May. One year we did it in December. Former friend of mine, Laura Lynn Labombard, her mom, her sister had passed away and we raised money to honor her sister that time. We've done it in the spring. We've done it in the summer. I didn't do it this year. I just didn't have it in me. Again, it was one of those things that, you know, I used to have a community that would say, hey, let's put the Mollywood together. And I don't anymore. I have a community of people that most of them don't, didn't even know Molly. And this is how life moves on and how it can be difficult. <laughs> but it still exists. And it's something that I can come back to anytime I And it makes Molly matter for the few minutes that everyone's doing that workout. They're thinking of Molly, my Molly. I remember the first time, the first year after she died, we had some leftover Molly one of t-shirts and I wanted to sell them, raise money for the the foundation. And we went to a CrossFit competition and I was at Ever Proven in Dover. And the owner of the gym, Matt Nichode, made the Molly one, the closing workout. If you made the finals, you did the Molly one. It made me cry. It was just a beautiful gesture on his part. So it's been at a competition even. It's an official workout. These are the logical connections to Memorial Day right now. And that we're remembering those who lost their life in service to our country. And we also remember, you know, the people in our life that have died, you know, were lucky enough to live to be 98, like Coach Ludi, who gave a chunk of his youth to the Navy. And my biological father, Tom, who was on a medical ship in the Navy during World War II. And my brother, Jeffrey, who just passed away, who was in the military. 
you know, I'm going to leave out a million. I have a lot of military in my family. And it's a time to really ponder what it means to sort of give up your freedom to fight for the freedom of everyone in your country. It's an interesting thing to ponder. And it's not for everybody, but it's a pretty amazing, it's a pretty amazing thought when you really think it through and when you can apply it to your life. So that's my CrossFit Memorial Day Hero Among Us sort of connection. CrossFit's been invaluable to me and to Gracie for keeping us okay in our bad, bad moments when we're feeling terrible. But it isn't CrossFit genre, the drink the Kool-Aid that makes it work for me. That's a huge part of it. Scientifically and physically, I love CrossFit programming. And I love the science behind how the workouts are created. Having said that, what it is for me is community. Community and love and respect and support. And over the next several episodes, I'm going to look at the heroes among us as they relate to me. Who have been heroes in my life, in Gracie's life, in Kenny's life, in my family's life, in Molly's life? Who are the heroes and how do they do things big and small that help us get through the day-to-day struggles of life without them? I know that anyone that's lost a son or a daughter to the military has a love-hate relationship with Memorial Day. They want their children remembered. What they really want is to have their children back. And that's where I'm at. Not Molly back, and she'll never come back. You begin this process in your life of, of feeling utterly equal parts of happiness and devastation at birthdays, death anniversaries, and events like this, Memorial Day, you know, for military losses, and any sort of event done in memory of somebody is, is a double-edged sword. May twenty-third was the the eighth anniversary of the of the Molly D the musical, Molly's memorial service. That was one of the best nights of my life. And what did it commemorate? My dead child. I can't think of a better way to, to express and illustrate what grief is like. Everything that's good is also bad. And so it makes, it makes life a bit difficult, a bit tricky sometimes. But that's the way it is. So I'm going to wrap up here. I hope for you, my non-CrossFit friends, it wasn't too boring. But what I, what I wish you in part is that all of you, anyone listening who's struggling, who is your community? You know, is it people that you ride horses with? Is it people that you train dogs with? Is it somebody that you act in the, in the play with? Is it somebody that you play a musical instrument with? Is it somebody that you're in a book club with? Like, think of the things that you do and the people that, that are your community. Are you a triathlete? Are you a runner? We all have, do you cross-stitch, right? We all have things that we do that connect us to other people. And that's where we create community. Another great community I'm learning to now know and love is podcast community. I've met some amazing people in my podcast journey, as I've said. So I'll spend a lot of time introducing you to actual people that have helped me and been of help in my journey. I will talk about books and therapists and programs that I've done. And I'll talk about Molly and what it's like to be entering, almost finishing my 60th year on the planet and thinking that she would be 20 right now. So as usual, I hope that you're being good to yourself. I've had a hard time being good to myself this May. I've really struggled. Every day I just have to get up and say, okay, I'll be better today, even if I'm not. <laughs> so be good to yourself in whatever form that takes. Be good to someone else. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening and for supporting the podcast. Feel free to leave a review and to share my stories with your friends. Please reach out with your own stories. I love connecting with my listeners. If you want to see what I'm up to next, you can find me on Instagram at barb underscore 444, on Facebook as Barb Higgins, and at my website, a thousandtinysteps.com. And while you're there, sign up for my newsletter, a weekly way to find out what's up in the life of Barb Higgins.